Hello, and welcome to episode 689 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. I am one of the co-founders here at ETR, as always, joined by fellow co-founder Evan Silva. And we are now down to eight teams remaining in the NFL playoffs in the wake of wildcard weekend. Evan, how's it going? It's going well. It was an awesome wildcard round, I think, from uh, the props standpoint on Establish the Run. And if you read the matchups columns and, and kind of tailed some of those bets and those ideas on there, I think you had a real successful weekend. Hopefully we can keep that momentum going into the divisional round, which most people consider to be the best weekend of football that there is all year long. Yeah, some really exciting matchups. On today's show, we are going to go team by team through all the remaining teams. Plus, we'll do a little short post-mortem on the teams which just got eliminated. Before we get into that here today, few housekeeping notes. First, the 2024 golf season is two events in. If you're interested in playing DFS, our PGA product includes full fantasy projections powered by the most dominant, better of the last decade, Rufus Peabody. Head to the subscribe or golf tab on EstablishTheRun.com for more details. Weekly and monthly options are available there. Second, playoff only best ball on underdog is not over. Tons of action for the best ball tournaments that start with the divisional round. So if you read Herzig's strategy article, our rankings are updated for the divisional round. If you have DraftKit Pro or in season, use promo code ETR when you sign up at underdog for a matching deposit bonus up to $100. Yes, that's right. $100 at underdogfantasy.com, promo code ETR. And finally, if you're planning to bet on the playoffs, if you did not have a Barstool account and currently don't have an ESPN bet account, you can download that ESPN bet app, use promo code ETR, make a bet of at least $10, and they'll give you $150 in bonus bets. Not saying anyone should be betting, Evan, but if you are, you might as well get the bonus money that they're offering. So promo code ETR at ESPN bet. All right. I think, Evan, we should start with what was the most impressive win, I thought, and the most impressive performance, and that was the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers defense was awesome in this game against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys elite offense. But this offense, the youngest offense in the NFL, insanely young skill players, go to Dallas, score six offensive touchdowns, put up 48 total points. We've been talking for a month now, six weeks, about how good Jordan Love has been. I don't think anyone could have expected this in Dallas. Evan, what do you think of Jordan Love and the Packers going to Dallas and putting a beat down on the Cowboys? Yeah, the Packers were the youngest team in the NFL this year, and they were the youngest team ever to win a playoff game. Uh, you you had a great tweet on the ages of their pass catchers, like seven guys going on all, all the way down to, to Bo Melton, who they got – legitimate contributions from late in the season all those dudes are you know either very early in their rookie contracts or in the first year of their rookie contracts and Jordan Love has been performing at a you know Nick Underhill just randomly texted me was like name your top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL maybe going forward for the next like one to three years and I had to have Jordan Love in my top eight and I think you could even maybe put him ahead of Dak Prescott, who I had at seven or yeah, yeah, seven, because I had Herbert at six, Dak at seven, and then Jordan Love at eight. I mean, I think he could belong anywhere in that conversation. The dude is ripping it. The way that the Packers have had so much success, they play under center offense at at maybe one of the highest rates in the league. 
and they win off play action and they run the ball from under center. And, you know, we think of this, you know, the, the NFL is becoming more of like a spread league. The Packers don't necessarily do that, although they, they do have the personnel to do that if they wanted to. But they they ran it right down the Cowboys throats with Aaron Jones. They ran right at the I mean, the Cowboys are really undersized at linebacker. Uh, in particular, Marquise Bell, who winds up playing almost all of their snaps. He weighs 212 pounds. The Packers would, should, would just run right at him and then crush the Cowboys off of play action. Extremely impressive win, and I agree with you, You know, probably by far the most surprising win of the weekend. I mean, Jordan loved the ball that Jordan Love throws. And you guys know me. I'm, I'm no tape bro, but man, the ball coming out of Jordan's lo- Jordan Love's hand is insanely tight spiral, insane zip on the ball. And he's been so accurate for the last two months. It's crazy. From a fantasy perspective, no A.J. Dillon here. And Aaron Jones just goes nuts. Aaron Jones, five games since he came off of that knee injury. 13-53-0 was the first game back. And then 21-127-0. 21-20-0. 22-111-0. And then in this game against the Cowboys, 21-118-3. He is insanely healthy right now and just playing so well now for this game at San Francisco next AJ Dillon with the thumb and neck injury could be back but we'll see if I was the Packers got AJ Dillon against the 49ers does not strike me Mm -mm. as a good matchup I would just keep riding Aaron Jones into the ground at this point as hard as I can did want to note also that Christian Watson finally made it back from that hams his latest hamstring pull he only ran eight routes on 21 Jordan Love dropbacks I'd love to see him get a little bit more but Dobbs and Wicks and Reed and Melton are all playing so well. It's hard to get Christian Watson more. So I think we'll continue to see a bit of a rotation there. Also, Luke Musgrave had a nice impact in this game. He ran eight routes. Tucker Craft ran 14. Could see Luke Musgrave playing a little bit more here mm-hmm. coming up against the 49ers. Yeah, two big hits in the draft there in Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, both big contributors down the stretch. Um, one other thing I wanted to know, Micah Parsons had 19 pass rush attempts in this game. He generated one pressure. Zach Tom at right tackle for the Packers uh, did an awesome job. Obviously, they, they gave him some help, but Zach Tom, it, you know, the Packers have a way of finding like second to sixth round offensive linemen over the years who become, you know, high end to, uh, you know, above average to high-end starters, and, and it looks like Zach Tom could be that next guy. But just eliminating Mike, Micah Parsons from, you know, making any sort of disruption, that, that was huge for the Packers' offense, which absolutely shredded. Okay. Uh, we have all offseason to talk about the Cowboys and eliminated teams, but I did want to just get your take, Evan, on what happened to the Cowboys. I know the final score looked close. I know Dak had some big numbers. It was not this close. The Cowboys were down 27 nothing on a pick six late in the second quarter. They were down 34-10 midway through their third quarter. Um, Dak was not good in the first half. Tried to force a couple of throws to CD that were telegraphed and got picked off. But really, the shocking part to me was the defense getting shredded by Jordan Love. Anyways, Evan, people are now calling for Mike McCarthy's head. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but what did you think of Cowboys' performance and them their outlook going forward. Well, and, you know, it was a bad game for Dak Prescott, you know, plain and simple. Jair Alexander was incredible in this game. It seemed like every pass that Dak threw was contested, um, and he dropped back the pass for, again, 64 times. 
Uh, a lot, you know, he wound up with over 400 yards. A lot of it was in essentially garbage time. The Packers did a lot to take away C.D. Lamb, especially early in the game. Used, you know, double teams and different, different, uh, different ways to eliminate his impact. And Brandon Cooks didn't play well. I mean, Brandon Cooks ran some bad routes. I saw Cole Beasley call out Brandon Cooks for a bad route. I want to uh, Jair Alexander's interception. Like they, they. The Cowboys just really played a bad game, which was shocking for a team that had won 16 straight games at home and was facing at home a team that was nine and eight during the regular season. It, it was a shocking upset. And yeah, I mean, the, um, the the focus now turns to whether the Cowboys are going to bring back Mike McCarthy. And my guess is that they will not. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know that they can do, not that I love Mike McCarthy, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure that they can do better, but we'll see. Maybe they can. And that'll be an interesting one to follow. So Packers now advance to a road game against the 49ers. 49ers will come into this game really healthy. I think I believe Trent Williams is going to be fine. I know he was dealing with some things down the stretch. Debo is always banged up. He's going to be good. To me, the 49ers outlook just comes down to Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy can play reasonably well to good for the next three games, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, they opened as a nine and a half point favorite here home against Green Bay. Talent gap between them and other teams, I think, is pretty massive. So, yeah, Evan, any 49ers thoughts for you as they come out of their bye? No, I mean, you know, they they rested a bunch of starters uh, in the final game. Obviously, Trent Williams actually did play. He's, he's, he's going to be good to go. Um We'll talk about it on Friday. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, they've essentially had two weeks off. Yep. All right. Second biggest surprise of the week, I guess, was not that the Texans won and beat the Browns. It's the way they did it. They absolutely destroyed the Browns, 45 to 14. Uh, CJ Stroud, who we've been talking about all year, was unreal. Nico Collins was unreal. Could have had a way bigger game if they needed it. Derek Stingley who actually shat, you know, we talked about it. Derek Stingley had not shadowed. Credit to the Texans coaches. He had played four snaps all yeah. season at right corner. Hadn't shadowed a single time all season. Right. And so the Texans coaches decide, hey, listen, Amari Cooper just gave us 265 yards a month ago. Why don't we just put Stingley in shadow coverage for the first time all season? He does it. He was awesome. So, man, so much to be excited about if you are a Texans fan right now. Evan, what was your reaction to them just slaughtering the Browns? <laughs> Yeah, Derek Stingley uh, had 45 uh, snaps in pass coverage against the Browns. He was targeted three times. He allowed one catch for minus six yards. So that was a shutdown performance from a cornerback who next year, I mean, we're probably going to have to worry about him a little bit, you know, as far as shadow corners go. And I would expect him to shadow, I don't know, somebody. Uh, I, I would may maybe Zay Flowers in the um uh, in the divisional round but yeah awesome performance by a player that was drafted really highly and you know kind of was a little bit up and down dealt with some injuries obviously he's an incredible talent um cj stroud oh going back to when underhill asked me about the top 10 you know who would i rank as a top 10 corner i had cj stroud as number five behind mahomes allen lamar and joe burrow i thought it was close between cj stroud and joe burrow and then justin herbert at number six so I don't know. How would you rank the top five? Like, let's say the next one to three years. God, I would have to sit down and think about this. Don't you can't put me on the spot All with right, stuff fine. like this. Let, let's do an episode uh, later this year. Where we will. rank 
We ra- we should rank all 32 starting quarterbacks. That would be a fun off-season show. Well, I think uh, we're going to do an award show. Yes. Uh, shoot, maybe we'll mix it in with – do we hook Ryan Reynolds? Yes, Ryan, we'll okay. we do an award show uh, Wednesday. Stay tuned for that. We're going to give our picks for each of the award categories. Yeah. That'll be out uh, tomorrow night. Maybe we can mix in a 2024 MVP. Okay, that's an interesting one. Um, Noah, Noah Brown went on injured yes. reserve, which is a little bit of an underrated loss. But yeah, I mean, CJ Stroud was incredible. You know, I, I I go back and forth on the home road splits for like the Browns defense. Mm-hmm. It was shocking to me just when I sat down and did the math that they were allowing 30 points per game on the road, wound up giving up 45 here. Now they were pick sixes and stuff. But uh, the Browns, uh, the Browns defense just was never the same on the road for whatever reason. And the Texans were able to capitalize. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, the Browns defense, which had been so elite to get shredded here is crazy. I had just a couple small fantasy notes. Evan noted that Noah Brown injury hurt his shoulder in this game. He's out for the season. John Mechie, I, I thought, actually played a pretty good game. He ran about twice as many routes as Xavier Hutchinson. So I think it'll be Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Mechie as the three wide receiver set against the Ravens with Xavier Hutchinson as the wide receiver four. Then the other thing, man, Devin Singletary, just like the gap just keeps getting wider and wider. I mean, since week 14, Damian Pierce has only played 41 snaps. Devin Singletary has played 243. We know Dare mixes in a little bit. Dare Gunawable mixes in a little bit in long down and distance stuff. But this is Devin Singletary's backfield and role. And yeah, super impressive. We'll talk about him more on Friday. Browns. I mean, look, they went about as far as they can go. Stefanski's going to win coach of the year. They didn't have Nick Chubb. They didn't have Jack Conklin. They didn't have Kedrick uh, uh, Wills. Kedrick Wills, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson had right shoulder surgery. They expect him back sometime in the spring. So I think they went about as far as they can go. The problem is they don't have a round one pick. Houston has it as part of the Deshaun Watson trade. And from what we see saw from Deshaun Watson, he is guaranteed $230 million. I mean, this is a, if he stinks, this is a worse spot than the Broncos are slash we're in with Russell Wilson. So outlook for the Browns maybe isn't, as rosy as maybe it should be. But I don't know, Evan, what do you think of the Browns' performance and anything on them going forward? For as fun of a story as the Browns were down the stretch, and they were a legitimately fun team to watch on a weekly basis, their future is about as murky as it gets. you got to think that they're going to bring back Joe Flacco, right? I would. Yeah, I mean, I would. And then if Deshaun Watson doesn't play well for the first – two, two and a half games, you know the calls are going to start coming for Joe Flacco. So, man, they are in a low-key, really tough spot. They still have a really good roster. They have a great coach. You know, I love their GM, Andrew Barry. But from a quarterback standpoint, um, did you see the memes of, like, Deshaun Watson looking at C.J. Stroud? (laughs) I mean, it's just like – I, from a quarterback standpoint, man, their their future is like, uh, like they like Deshaun Watson better play well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's go to the Ravens who are on a bye. They will be hosting the Texans in the divisional round game. Big note for the Ravens is that Mark Andrews last week had his window to return off IR opened. He's I I just saw today. He's already but we're recording this Tuesday around two Eastern. Uh, Mark Andrews is at practice today. He's running around a little bit. Doesn't mean he's definitely going to play this week, but it's at least possible. And it seems like if they make it to the conference championship game, I'd bet on Andrews being back for that, which is crazy 
considering when he went down in week 11, I thought for sure Mike, Mark Andrews was done for the year. You know, cracked his leg, needed surgery. So that's the big note on the Ravens. Ravens starters haven't played since that Miami win, or most of their starters haven't played since that Miami win in week 17. They are nine-point favored here against the Texans. Evan, any Ravens notes for you as they get set to come out of their bye? Yeah, Zay Flowers will get some needed rest. Um, their offensive line, Ronnie Stanley in particular, will get some needed rest or is will be coming off some needed rest. But yeah, that's the big story. You know, and I, I've kind of gotten indications. I think that Mark Andrews might play this week. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see about that. Will Todd Monken find ways to incorporate Isaiah Likely into the offense? See, that's something that they could do, though. Like they could kind of ease Mark Andrews back in because Isaiah likely has been playing so well and essentially use them as like 50, like in a 50, 50 timeshare. I I like that because I don't think the Ravens think they can be on the field together. So if you're going to ease Mark Andrews in, I don't think you'll miss too much of a beat with Isaiah likely. I like that strategy. We do have likely and Andrews ranked very close together in the playoff best ball stuff. Um, We'll adjust that based on how likely is Andrews to play. Obviously, if Andrews is playing, the gap between him and likely in the rankings should be a bit wider. But yeah, be sure to check out all those playoff best ball rankings. I do think that, you know, Texas defense played well against Flacco, but man, Texas defense, Ravens should, we'll talk about it on Friday, but I think Ravens will not have a problem against Texans defense. All right. Let's go to the other AFC game that happened this past weekend. The Chiefs get a dominant defensive performance they gave up that one bomb in the second quarter to Tyreek Hill for a touch for a touchdown otherwise defense gave up nothing in a 26 to 7 win and yeah you know Waddle didn't look like he was 100% they had injuries all over but still when everyone is healthy for this Chiefs defense they might be the best defense in the entire league which is saying a lot Evan what do you think of Chiefs impressive win over the Dolphins in the bitter cold on Saturday night yeah, I thought it was a predictable sort of outcome. You know, obviously not not necessarily by what was it, nineteen points. Yeah, but the Dolphins were just at such a severe disadvantage. They were limping in, especially on defense. They played really well on defense until the final couple of games, and they just got like five critical injuries. Yeah, and I mean they were without their top three edge rushers. The way that you get after the Chiefs is to try to beat up on their on their offensive tackles, Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor. And the Dolphins just lost their ability to do that because they had lost Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips and Andrew Van Ginkle. Um, and they lost like multiple linebackers and, you know, didn't have Xavier Howard. And then, you know, Javon Holland, you know, is limping around and with injuries to both knees. It's just, it, it was never, I don't think it was ever going to happen yeah. in, in this, in this sort of a setting. For the Dolphins. So I, I was very unsurprised by, by that result. You know, I, 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 not, not surprising. Uh, when Jerry McKinnon is out, and by the way, Jerry McKinnon, I think, is out for the entire playoffs. Isaiah Pacheco continues to be an absolute smash. 24 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown here. The other fantasy note that I had was, man, you know, I played so much McCole Hardman and I drafted mm-hmm. so much McCole Hardman. And it was actually kind of right. I mean, he ran 19 routes on 43 Mahomes dropbacks, which isn't great. But he got like four bombs that looked like they had real chances to be completed, not prayer yards, like actual. And he just didn't go for them or got a penalty or didn't lay out. It was really weird. If you want to see the clips of all of McCall Hardman's targets, I tweeted it 
yesterday or, or a couple of days ago. But yeah, I like the way they're using him. Again, McCole Hartman ran 19 routes, MVS only 18, Richie James 10, Justin Ross was inactive. So, you know, Rasheed Rice 39 out of 43 routes, guy is an absolute stud. But beyond that, I love them getting some chance for McCole Hartman, but maybe he's just not good enough. They play at the Bills next, the premier game of the divisional round. Chiefs Bills. Yeah, Nicole Hartman not good at the game. Rasheed Rice good at the game. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting the Dolphins played him in like a ton of off coverage and his strength is run after catch. So that that was a little bit surprising to me. Um to go back to Pacheco who has been running really well for an extended period of time at this point. 24 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown. You know, I think that the Chiefs they can be a power running team. If you look at the makeup, especially of the right side of their offensive line, and Trey Smith, their right guard who they stole in the sixth round a few years ago, did not have his best year, but he was awesome in this game against a banged-up Dolphins defensive front. Uh, their right tackle, Jawan Taylor, again, a big-time liability in pass protection, way too many penalties, uh, but he is a load at right tackle, and then Creed Humphrey at center is, is a stud. So... I think they can be a power running team, and you've seen flashes of that. You saw flashes of that against the Dolphins. You saw flashes of that um, in that in, in that game against the Bengals late in the year. You know, they their passing game obviously is not where it used to be, and um, you know, uh, but but they can run the ball with with authority. Also, Travis Kelsey, a couple of drops. I don't know if you saw if you saw those in the game, but I did. <laughs> Uh, I did see them. I also felt bad for Kelsey's mom. I tweeted out the video, you know, like she's up there in the box. She didn't sign up to do a swag, whatever dance or whatever, you know? So she's sitting there, all these idiots are swagging back and forth and, and Kelsey's poor mom is sitting there. Uh, I was, I watched that like 20 times. I was laughing so hard. Just looking at Kelsey's mom's face. You got to find that. Uh, I tweeted that one too. I, I do think on their past game, like Rasheed Rice as a full-time player, this point in the season, I would not consider him a rookie. Makes a huge difference. Dude is awesome. So, you know, they have a legit number one wide receiver now, and I think that makes a big difference. Definitely are live to win in Buffalo. That's a two-and-a-half-point spread. Um, one more thing. Legereus Sneed. Yeah. He's a bad boy, isn't he? I know. Um, what did Tyreek tweet that he uh, he jammed my ass to Cancun? <laughs> like, like literally, which is kind of a, you know – Oftentimes, athletes, you know, they, they got big egos. They're really good at what they do. But that was like sort of like a, um, I don't know, it was kind of like a, a, a cool tweet, I thought, by Tyreek because like it's it's funny because it's like true. Oh, yeah. Like, like Tyreek Hill is going straight to Cancun because he's out of the playoffs. Yeah. There's some highlights out there of, of Ladarius Sneed just press coverage, not letting guys get out one or two yards. I mean, it's, it's impressive stuff. Yeah. And I, I assume that Ladarius Sneed will try to do that to Stefan Diggs. In week 20. Uh, just to close the loop on the Dolphins. I know all the Tua haters out there took this as a chance to dance on Tua's grave to say you can't win with Tua. Tua sucks. I, I don't agree, man. Like, he had no offensive line in this game or much of the season. Jalen Waddle was a shell of himself. Tyreek may not be 100%. It's freaking negative 30 degrees. You're on the road playing the best defense in the NFL, perhaps, of course you're going to fail. And I get that right. Tua failed against Baltimore also in that week 17 game. But man, I think if the Dolphins defense had stayed healthy, you can win with Tua. 
and Waddle had stayed healthy, like you can win a Super Bowl with Tua. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but I still think you can win with Tua with the makeup of this team. So I'm not panicked on the Dolphins' outlook going forward. Evan, any Dolphins' thoughts as they head to their offseason? I agree with that. I would say that I would like to see the Dolphins make another addition at pass catcher. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, you know, their offense becomes a lot more limited. Um, you know, when they lose, you know, when Tyreek Hill is banged up and Jalen Waddle can't play or is banged up, like we like it from fantasy that they have such a narrow target distribution. But from a real life standpoint, you know, Cedric Wilson, Braxton Berrios, Durham Smythe, like these guys aren't aren't getting it done. It it would be nice to if they could get like a field stretching tight end or something like that. Yeah, uh, I believe the Dolphins will have the 22nd overall pick in the draft. So uh, certainly we'll get a look at a good player there. All right, let's go to the Bills game. So Bills game got moved to Monday and the weather was not a factor. I mean, I didn't think it was a major factor at all. They got up 21-0 on the Steelers on some insane Josh Allen throws and an insane Josh Allen run. He finished with four more total touchdowns. Allen has now scored at least 20 DraftKings points in 35 of his last 43 games. I mean, dude just accounts for such a high percentage of the Bills' touchdowns. It's so hard for him to fail on a fantasy basis. Weekly, Evan, what do you think of Bills' relatively easy win over the Steelers yesterday? Yeah, no, they've won six in a row. Um, I mean, when they came out and went up 14 or nothing, I bet the Steelers to cover at plus 10, and I was like, no, nah, this, this is not going to happen. You know, I knew – at least you know early. You know, I kind of <laughs> like it when you know early that your bets – because then you could just give up and, you know, root for other stuff like the Josh Allen rushing overs, which we did get mm-hmm. because of that monster touchdown. What, which, by the way, I've seen him draw some criticism because – Oh, he did the fake slide. He really just did like a uh, like a hesitation move. Yeah, broke that dude's ankles and then went straight to the house. I mean, he is an absolute freak of nature, as we we've known for years at this point. I thought it was cool after the game in his press conference. He was asked, you know, he was asked like, "Man, there's so much pressure on you every single week." You know, they really had to like win out. They literally had to win their final six or their final five games, and they did do that. They've now won six in a row against, you know, several tough opponents. Um, and he responded with, you know, you know what? We like that adversity because it put us in a position a position where we had to become comfort- comfortable feeling uncomfortable. And so they're just playing loose. And, I mean, you can see that on the field. Now they did suffer a ton. They're dealing with a ton more injuries yeah. on defense. Yeah. I mean, they lost um, Christian Bemford in this game, Terrell Bernard, uh, Teron Johnson, all these guys play a ton of snaps. Rasul Douglas did not play. Tyrell Dotson did not play. Those are five big contributors on defense. We already know that they lost those the studs early in the year. Uh, Tredavious White, Matt Milano. So they're they're back in, in that position of having to deal with potentially some major injuries on defense. And their defense has been playing really well for an extended stretch as well. Yeah, they're going to have to find a way to rise up at home. I think if the defense was healthy, they would be a three, three and a half point favorite over the Chiefs. Instead, they are a two and a half point favorite over the Chiefs here. By the way, Gabe Davis, of course, did not play in this game with that PCL sprain. Steph Diggs, 31 31 routes on 34 Allen dropbacks. Shakir, 29. Sherfield, 19. Hardy, 10. Isabella, 5. So Shakir was out there a ton. I thought he played well, just did not earn enough targets. And they didn't throw that much and only 34 dropbacks. Kincaid seemed to get the ball deeper down the field, 
but his role didn't really change. Only 65% of the routes, 22 of his snaps, slot or wide, 15 in line. So, you know, pass game can be fine. I do think they'd benefit in a big way, even if it's just clearing out for other people, if Gabe Davis can get healthy. But these PCL sprains are not good. So we'll see if Gabe Davis can play here uh, against the Chiefs. Let's go to... Let's wrap up on the Steelers real quick. So listen, man, the Steelers did not deserve to be in the playoffs, in my opinion. Like, (laughs) just not good enough. So you can't win in Buffalo against Josh Allen with Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky or whatever. Like, you just can't win. And their offensive line was the worst out of any team in the playoffs per Thorne. He had them 14th out of 14. So look, man, they were drawing real thin to win in this game. They were lucky to be here. They don't have a quarterback going forward. They have to get one. Any Steelers thoughts as they head to the offseason, Evan? Yeah, I mean, they need to go get a quarterback, obviously. I mean, what what kind of surprised me in this game was that the Bills came out gashing the Steelers up the middle on runs from James Cook. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, you know, again, not getting the not getting the plus 10. Um, I know that that was what was most surprising to me is that how how the Bills were able to just gash him up the middle. Yeah, and not not just quarterback, but like Steelers have had offensive line problems for what I don't know five years. I mean, maybe more. I mean, they have major offensive line yeah, problems. They, they can time. run block, but they were never you know set up to be a team that could come back. You know, come from behind. Yeah, um, I, they can run block, but you're right. I mean, they they definitely need to figure out some, something else in pass protection. All right, let's go back to the NFC now for these final two games. Lions get a great win. Not only, and everybody was picking the Rams, you know, and Lions were three-point favorites. They won the game, didn't cover. First playoff win since 1991. And now they get to host another playoff game. And they're a six and a half point favorite here against the Bucks. I mean, first playoff win since 1991. They have a really, really good chance to go to the NFC championship game. I thought Goff was pretty good. Josh Reynolds with Cleve Raymond out, 580-0 on seven targets. They got Sam Laporta to play in this game somehow. He looked okay, I thought, 24 routes on 30 Goff dropbacks. But yeah, just credit to Dan Campbell and the entire organization. Hopefully you guys saw that video in the locker room. Emotional team, emotional guys. And yeah, you know, I know we did the whole hashtag Our Lions bit last year. Happy for the Lions. Evan, what do you think of their win? over the Rams. This was just like a really quality football game. You know, obviously it could have gone either way. Um, The uh, Jared Goff was excellent. His protection was excellent. The Rams generated only six pressures in this game. When Jared Goff was not pressured, he was 21 for 21. Uh, You saw it in the locker room after the game, like he got the game ball. He was so jacked up. He's usually not a guy with, Shows a lot of emotion, but man, that that dude was jacked up, and you know, got to love Dan Campbell. Yeah, who you know, I, I criticize a little bit uh, in the final two games, but I mean, you know, ne- ne- never no love lost at any point. I just want to do a little defense of Jamison Williams against the spreadsheet socialists because we've been catching some internal flack here. Jamison Williams, in he's he's appeared in nineteen games, okay, and, and the Lions are fourteen and five in those nineteen games. Over the Lions' last 19 games where Jimmy Samson Williams did not play, the Lions are 9-10. and 10. And I know you say wide receiver wins, okay? And, you know, you do your little memes and your hashtags. But Brian Baldinger has a great – well, first of all, let, all right, let me start with more defense. So Jamison Williams, you know, and we've seen him get more incorporated in offense from a snap count percentage lately. 
We know he has not even had a training camp yet in the NFL. He was, he came out of school and, you know, he had an ACL and, you know, he wasn't ready until like week five of his rookie season. And he had this stupid suspension for gambling entering his second season. He wasn't allowed to participate in training camp. He pulled his, he pulled his hamstring. That, all right. All right. Yeah. That yeah. too. Um, and so he, um, you know, hasn't had a training camp. And all right, Brian Baldinger did this great breakdown of him, just looking at all of his routes. And look, we we want target earners in fantasy, obviously. You know, that, that we, we need opportunity. We need dudes who catch the ball. And he hasn't been a target earner to this point. But when you look at his routes, this dude draws a shit ton of coverage. Um, and I mean, he, he gets bracketed actually by the defense, even though he hasn't been a target earner. I still think that he can be a target earner. He was at the highest level of college football. And I think that with a full training camp, I don't know, he's going to be an interesting guy to rank next year. I'm sure that we will, um, you know, we'll have our arguments with, uh, with Leonia about that, but he, um, I don't know. He's going to be an interesting guy to rank. I'll leave it at that. For sure. And it's, it's not a great sign that Josh Reynolds comes into this huge game and outplays him, right? Like, that's not a great sign. But I still agree that upside is obviously there for Jamison. The guy that you don't have to question, Amon Ross St. Brown, 10 100-yard games in 17 appearances this season. I mean, just an absolutely insane role and quality. These C.D. Lamb, Amon Ra roles where you're in the slot but you're also the best wide receiver on the field is just so valuable so again lions will host tampa as a six and a half point favorite here coming up in the divisional round sam laporta 80 80 of the snaps by the Crazy. way only three targets i don't think he looked particularly good he had 13 yards we did get a touchdown but 87 what a tough dude yep rams just to close the loop on them stafford took a huge hit looked like his eyes rolled back in his head somehow he keeps playing 367 yards and two touchdowns, no INTs. You know, a lot of like the stuff that got lost in my stupid Puka tweet was like, Matthew Stafford is one of the best quarterbacks of our generation. And people actually argue that Matthew Stafford shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. I could not disagree more. I think Matthew Stafford is an easy Hall of Famer, in my opinion, if nothing else, for being the quarterback behind three of the best seasons ever, Cooper Cups, Calvin Johnson's, and Puka Nakua's rookie year. So anyways... I hope Stafford comes back. I hope McVay comes back. I love watching Stafford play. Evan, any reaction to Rams as they head to their offseason? I really like that take that Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer. Uh, and I agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't what 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 do we have left to say about Puka Nakua? Uh, you know, in and even Kyron Williams. Yeah. Um, I think that the Rams might lose their defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. But, you know, entering this season, I think I predicted that this would be Sean McVay and Les Sneeds last year with the Rams. And I was dead wrong about that. So I will capitulate. Um, one thing on Puka, like, he just dominated Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup got nine targets in this game. He went 5-27-0. Puka got 10 targets, went 9-181-1. And we talked about this a little bit on Friday. You know, we had Puka projected decently ahead of Cooper Cup. And I know that made some people uncomfortable, but to me, it's like not even a question towards the end of the year that Puka was the better option in real life and fantasy for Matthew Stafford. Also, Tyler Higby blew out his ACL on what looked like people are calling a dirty hit. You know, I, I don't know about that. You can't hit the guy high. You can't hit him low. So I get that it's hard, but Tyler Higby at his age, I'd be shocked if he's ready to start next season. Keep your eye on Davis Allen, who, made some plays in this yep. game 
Like him. Rams. Yeah. Dynasty sleeper right there. Bucks. So Baker Mayfield came into this game dealing with rib and ankle issues. They listed him questionable. Obviously, he was going to play, and he played well. 337 yards and three touchdowns on 36 attempts. Honestly, should have been more. I don't know if you guys saw, but Mike Evans, I mean, two bombs in his hands. I don't even know how he dropped them. Two absolute bombs in Mike Evans' hands that he dropped. But anyways, Kate Otten, Trey Palmer, David Moore. I mean, Baker was getting it to everyone in this game last night. And that's what happens when you play the Eagles defense. But still, impressive performance for Baker. Evan, what do you think of Bucks game last night? Yeah, and this offense had looked dead. We talked about it in their previous two games. But yeah, that Eagles defense will pop you right back up. Um, yeah, Mike Evans, see, that was one of the things I got wrong. I thought he would have a huge game. And obviously the opportunities were there and he messed it up. So he did not have a big game, but it was still plenty. I mean, the Eagles were a bad team. I thought that that was almost, they were like a bottom five team yeah. over the final two months of the season. And I thought that that was almost obvious. And so I had the Bucks winning this game. And they were able to win, obviously, by a much bigger margin than a 23-point margin, yeah. which was incredible. And, and you know, even with leaving yards on the field, what they did in particular is they destroyed the Eagles on crossing routes. David Moore's big play happened on a crossing route. Cade Otten, who never has big plays, had like a 25-yard reception, uh, a 24-yard reception on a, on a crosser. Um, I don't know if you saw Ray Lewis on the Manning cast – ripping the Eagles tackling, but he was like, dude, tackling is all about angles and everyone is taking, it's like they're, they're playing independently. They're, they're not working together to use the angles on the field to their advantage on the Trey Palmer touchdown. This was particularly evident 56 yard touchdown of Trey Palmer Palmer cut. If you, if you look at the next gen dots, it is particularly um, like, obvious how bad this tackling uh the the entity of tackling that the eagles had was because trey palmer gets to the outside he makes the first guy miss there are three guys at the same time converging on him and it's trey palmer just popping out the top because they because they're not working together they're they're working you know independently and ray lewis really harped on that and uh i mean that, that defense was just absolute trash obviously changing play callers from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia made no positive impact whatsoever. Unsurprisingly, I mean Matt Patricia, he's he's a fraud. Yeah. Um, Bucks play at Detroit coming up. I mean, I think Detroit is way, way, way better. We'll talk more about that matchup on Friday, though. Last team here to do is indeed the Eagles, as Evan just alluded to. I mean, they lost six of their final seven games. The only game they won in that stretch was against the DeVito Giants. And like the team is too talented for this, right? Like league best offensive line, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, Goddard, Hurts, you know, Swift, ton of draft capital on the defensive line. And for them to crumble like this, I mean, people are calling for Nick Sirianni's job just after he went to the Super Bowl, you know? So and won 11 games. And won 11 games, but I get it because they're really talented. For them to crumble like this, they didn't look like they wanted to even be there last night against Tampa. So what's your outlook? Do you think Sirianni keeps his job? And what's your outlook for the Eagles going forward? Here's the thing. If Nick Sirianni keeps his job, 
he's going to enter next season on the hottest seat in the league. And so, and, and like they had locker room problems. I mean, you saw Goddard, apparently Goddard called it hurts a B I T C H on the sideline. You know, AJ Brown is, he can be, he can be a problem on the sideline too. Um, you know, again, the, the defense was the defensive individual players were working independently and not as a unit. Um, the, the change, the defensive coordinator change did not work out whatsoever. Every single tape analyst is killing the Eagles for having no answers for the blitz. Every single one of them. And they were right. And they were doing that before the playoff game and the Eagles did nothing to fix it. And the, and the Bucks knew it. I mean, the Bucks blitzed, you know, like crazy. And, and everyone knew that that was going to happen. And the Eagles had no response to that. I actually think that, look, when you look at it on paper, yeah, they went to the Super Bowl last year. They won 11 games. It's like, what? You're really going to fire the coach? I actually think that they should strongly consider it because, I mean, that was, it, it was a shocking and stunning collapse, and they had no answers for it whatsoever. And, I mean, I, I think that their personnel is actually a little bit overrated, especially on defense. Yeah. Um, but, man, yeah, I, I, I would seriously consider. It's just, are you going to be able to find, who like, who are you going to go with? Right. Um, I would consider it also. I, I thought that the defensive line was hiding the cornerback woes for a long time for the Eagles, and defensive line just stopped getting pressure, and that exposed a lot of their secondary yes. problems. Um, I also was weird, like, this should have been a rushing game for Jalen Hurts, and he had one designed rush, and he had the finger thing. There was no A.J. Brown. Like, why not do one of the things that Jalen Hurts does best, which is run the football? They didn't do that at all. Jason Kelsey announced his retirement uh, after this game. That's going to be a huge loss for them, too. You can head to Brandon Thorne's Twitter to see some cut-ups of Jason Kelsey dominating throughout his career. So, yeah, horrible, horrific finish for the Eagles. All right, that is going to do it for this divisional round preview team by team and wild card recap. We'll be back tomorrow night where Evan, myself, and Ryan Reynolds will give out our awards for the entire season in all of the awards categories. Will the voters listen to us? Almost certainly not, but it should still be a very fun exercise. Also, Friday night for in-season subscribers or Friday during the day for in-season subscribers, we will be back for Establish a Show, breaking down all four divisional games from a DFS perspective. If you don't have in-season weekly and monthly options are indeed available right now. For Evan, for producer Luke, for producer Ryan, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.